Welcome, everybody. I'm Cynthia Hanna, a passionate biblical educator, author, and host of the Holy Land in the Holy Text podcast, where I share wisdom and insights about the Holy Land, known today as the Land of Israel, that are hidden inside the Jewish biblical text, and I bring it out for all to see and learn. I strive to make this podcast accessible to all, so I simplify and explain different biblical concepts so that anybody of any faith or background can understand why the land of Israel is so important from inside the biblical text itself. I interweave a wide array of Torah, Hasidic, and Kabbalistic commentators alongside the knowledge that has been passed down to me through a variety of incredible teachers that I've been privileged to study under for the last 11 years here in the Holy Land itself. So I hope you enjoy and don't forget to share with your friends. Now, without further ado, this week's podcast. In this week's episode, God's War, Israel versus Amalek. The nation of Israel and the nation of Amalek are fighting an eternal battle. The battle is a euphemism for the war between good and evil. And today, we're witnessing the modern incarnation as the fight between Israel and the Islamic fundamentalist terror group takes hold. See how verses from inside the biblical texts prove that Hamas is the evil reincarnation of the Amalek people. And let's look inside the real meaning behind verse 16 in the book of Exodus, where it says that God will be at war with the Amalek throughout every generation. So let's jump right in. But before we do, we need to understand who are the Amalek. So the name Amalek we see prominently in Genesis 36:12 when it lists all the children and descendants that come from Esau the son of Isaac. Now, if you remember, Isaac had two sons, twins, who couldn't be more opposite. The older son, Esau, is described as a brood of a man. He's impulsive. He's a hunter with a knack for killing animals. He takes on several wives, including idol-worshipping Canaanite women, much to the displeasure of his parents, while his other brother, Jacob, the biblical patriarch of the Jewish people, was described as a peaceful man, more concerned with God and spiritual matters. He was calm, compassionate. He was a successful shepherd, known for caring for animals, and his wives were non-Canaanite, non-idol-worshipping women. So these two are like polar opposites. And one of Esau's grandsons, a descendant from one of the pagan Canaanite women, we learn that his name is Amalek. But Esau also marries his cousin, one of the daughters of Ishmael. And so the Amalekites and the Ishmaelites would eventually dwell in the same land together and intermarry. Now, we know that the Muslims are descendants of Abraham's son Ishmael. And they openly hold by that. It's written in the Quran. But what does the Bible, the Torah, say about Ishmael? So if we look at Genesis 16, 12, Ishmael is described. Now, this is a description of him before he was even born. It says that he will be a wild ass of a person, that his hand is going to be against everyone and everyone's hand going to be against him. 
Now, what does that mean? He's a wild ass of a man. Now, the Hebrew words to describe it are pere adam, but it can also mean a cruel man. But what we see from a, a clear reading is that he's not a stable, calm, and compassionate person. So we already are learning that Amalek is a combination of Ishmael, a wild and cruel man, and alongside Esau's bruteness, which unfortunately is the spiritual background of the Amalek. So let's look at the first battle between the Israelites and Amalek. And this battle already gives us a deep insight into who they are. Now, the first battle comes right after the story of the Exodus, where if you remember the Israelites, they were enslaved by the Egyptians, and then God hears their cries and he appears to Moses and instructs Moses to free the Israelites and to lead them back into their land. But the Egyptians didn't want to let them go. So God creates numerous plagues and open miracles, which culminates with the Israelites finally leaving Egypt and the splitting of the sea. Now, when all of these events happened, people all over the region witnessed it for themselves. And people started to become aware of the God of the Israelites. Now, if you remember, even Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, who was a powerful minister in his land, left everything that he had after he heard about the miracles and came and joined the Jewish people. You see in chapter 15 in the book of Exodus that all the nations had heard and that the Moabites and all the people from the land of Canaan, they were frightened and in awe. So when people became aware that God exists, they were fearful of getting on his bad side, so to speak. They were fearful of doing things that were immoral and that could cause God to be angry with them. But who wasn't impressed by God and all the miracles that he had done? The Amalek. So what did they do? So it says in Deuteronomy 25 that right after the miraculous splitting of the seas, the Israelites crossed and were marching towards the land of Israel. And that's exactly when the Amalek came in from behind and staged a surprise attack, murdering the weaklings that were in the back of the line. Now, if you can imagine that when traveling in a group, especially a large group, you have the leaders, the strong and the brave, they're in the front. And who's in the back? The stragglers. You have the elderly, the women with little children, the sick, the tired, and the weak. These are the people that the Amalek preyed on. Do you see a parallel here with the surprise attack that Hamas did on October 7th, 2023, killing the innocent, the women, the elderly, the children, the weak, the people peacefully dancing at the party? Okay, before I get into Hamas and, and the Amalek, I want to go back into the biblical text because you have to get it straight from the source. Okay, so right after the exodus from Egypt, when the whole world saw the miracles that God had done, maybe at that moment, the whole world would have repented from their idolatrous behaviors and embraced the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But there was the Amalek to pour cold water, to cool off the faith and awe of God, to bring doubt of his existence. Because if the Amalek were successful in killing innocent Israelites, then maybe the God of Israel doesn't exist. And that's exactly what the Amalek wants to achieve. They want people to lose their faith in God. They want people to think that this world is just chaos and random order. Because it all boils down to this. 
The purpose of the Israelite nation is to raise the banner of the kingdom of God, to help repair the world, to teach the Bible, the Torah, to bring into the world more compassion, more justice, more morality. While the Amalek, they do the exact opposite. They show no interest in God nor in improving the world. They are masters of crime, of violence. They want to instill fear and challenge people's faith and disconnect them from God and from each other. But let's continue because there's a deep spiritual teaching that I want to share with you. So right before our next encounter with the Amalek nation, we see something very interesting. In chapter 17 of the book of Exodus, we see the Israelites are wandering through the desert. They've run out of water and all of a sudden they're worried. They can't find water anywhere and they think that they're going to die of thirst. So they complain to Moses and all of a sudden a deep panic sets in. Doubt comes in and they're worried. Did God abandon us? Moses eventually helps them get water. But it's not a coincidence that right after this episode of Crisis of Faith is when we have our first real battle with the Amalek. Because the dark side wants to take advantage of someone when they are at their lowest. Because it wants to disrupt their faith. To cause to someone to doubt and forget that God exists. And so here we are, the first major battle between the Israelite nation and the Amalek nation. And listen to this because there's a very deep spiritual message that I want to share. So in this war, Moses sends his best man, Joshua, to lead the battle. And Moses goes up on top of the mountain to pray and watch over them. So the text says something very interesting. That whenever Moses' hands are raised up, like when we raise our hands in prayer and we look up to God in heaven, the Israelites are winning the battle. And when Moses puts his hand down, we start losing the battle. And the battle rages on and his hands go up and they win and then his hands go down and the Israelites lose. And Moses, already an old man, he can't keep his hands up and we start to lose. So his brother Aaron and his nephew Hur holds Moses' hands up to support him. And ultimately, this leads for the Israelites to win. But it wasn't a conclusive victory. We didn't wipe them out. The text says in Exodus 17 that Joshua weakened them by the sword. The nation of Amalek, unfortunately, still survives. But after this victory, God tells Moses to record this event. And Moses not only builds an altar to God to thank him, but he writes something very interesting on this altar. He notes that God is going to have to be at war with the Amalek throughout all the generations. So I want to reiterate this very important message. When there is doubt and subsequent fear and despair, all of a sudden, that's when the dark side seizes the opportunity to strike. Because evil strikes when we are at our weakest, because that is how it wins. When people are at their weakest, they give up, they turn to sin, and they disconnect from God. And that's exactly what the Amalek tries to do. It wants people to think that God doesn't exist, that he doesn't care about him, and that's what the Amalek represents. But what we learn from this is that we have to do everything we can to maintain our faith in God. We have to keep our hands up in prayer. Even if that means keeping our hands up 
or having people hold it, whatever we need to do, we always need to keep our hands up in faith. Because when we have faith in God, that's how we win the battle over evil. Because when our hands are down, our faith is down. And that's when the evil forces come in. And this is why Moses says that God is going to be forever at war with the Amalek throughout all the generations. Okay, but we're not finished because there's one more important message that it's important for you to know. Okay, so let's fast forward to Deuteronomy 25 in the text. Now, if you remember the book of Deuteronomy, it's the last book of the five book of Moses, and it's the instruction manual that God gives to the Jewish people right before they're about to enter their homeland. And God says the following in Deuteronomy 25 verse 17. Remember what the Amalek did to you on your journey after you left Egypt, how undeterred by fear of God they were. They surprised you on the march when you were famished and hungry and weary and cut down all the stragglers in the back. Therefore, when God grants you safety from all your enemies around you in the land that God is giving to you as an everlasting portion, you shall blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Do not forget. So in other words, we are tasked by God not only to eliminate the existence of the Amalek on earth, but we are supposed to eliminate that not even a memory remains. Now this becomes a commandment from God. So fast forward, when the Israelites arrived to the land of Israel, what happens next? Let's go to the book of Samuel chapter 15. So King Saul the first Israelite king is told by God to now go into battle with the Amalek. And God tells him not only to destroy and kill all the Amalek soldiers and men, but to kill their women, their children, and even their animals. But what happened? King Saul, he didn't listen. Due to his ego or bad influences, he keeps the Amalek king Agag alive for a period of time. And during that short time in captivity, the king was able to procreate. And unfortunately, the nation of Amalek survived. And as a result of this, God removes King Saul from power. Because the Talmud teaches us that King Saul was punished not only for disobeying God, but for being merciful towards the cruel. There are numerous other examples in the biblical texts about the cruelty of the Amalek. Ravaging cities, murdering innocent people, leaving the sick to die. They are, as we read in Deuteronomy 25, undeterred by the fear of God. Now, what does that mean? It means that the Amalek do not fear God. They cannot even recognize the concept and attributes of godly behavior. They are not inspired by God's power. They believe in their own power, the power of weapons and human force. When someone has no fear of God, they have no limitations or consequences for what they can do. So they murder innocent and helpless people, they lack compassion towards the sick and the weak, and they become masters of crime and violence. And this is what we saw captured on video of what Hamas did in Israel on October 7th, 2023. 
What they did, no one with a soul could have done. No one who had any remote piece of godliness of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob could have done what these monsters did. I saw these videos with my own eyes because I wanted to bear witness to these atrocities. They slaughtered children in their beds. They killed the elderly. They tied people up and burned them alive. They tortured children in front of their parents. And the worst, the worst thing that I have ever seen in my entire life, they filmed slicing and open a pregnant woman's stomach and stabbing the baby while the mother was alive with her hands pinned down. I'm I'm sorry to have to share this with you, but we need the world to know that these people have no sense of human decency. Only an Amalek with no fear of God can manage to do all the horrific things. And the worst part, the worst part is not only that they filmed all of this for everyone to see, but you see them laughing throughout their carnage. And that is why God told the Israelites to not only destroy the Amalek, but to blot out their memory so that no one should know of such evil in this world. And unfortunately, this is nothing new in our history. We've been battling the Amalek throughout our entire history. In every generation, they try to eliminate the Jewish people. And this is why God will be at war with the Amalek throughout every generation. We see from the book of Esther, written over 2,500 years ago, where it lists the villain Haman as a descendant of the Amalek king Agag, that same king that Saul allowed to live. And if you know the story of Purim, Haman began by spreading lies about the Jews before attempting a genocide to eliminate the Jews from the world. Does this sound familiar? Because Hamas, Hitler, Haman, and their ancestors, the Amalek, their only focus and priority is a hatred of Jews in what they are tasked to bring into this world, which is the teachings and awareness of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But before I finish, I want to tell you something very deep. This mystical teaching that was taught to me by one of my teachers. That our war with Amalek is not a national or racial war. It is a moral and ideological war. Anyone can be an Amalek because what it actually is, is a spiritual virus. And that once you allow it to get inside of you, all you can think about is hating God and hating the Jews who are responsible for bringing God's teachings into this world. And that's why you have these rabid anti-Semites who have never even met a Jew in their life, but they have so much hatred in their soul for Jews because ultimately they have so much hatred in their hearts for God. Like Hitler, who cared more about killing Jews than advancing his own country. Like Hamas, who cares more about killing Jews than making Gaza into the Singapore of the Mediterranean. Don't be mistaken, Hamas and their sympathizers are the modern-day Amalek. Not only are they evil and cruel, but they are opportunists keeping their own people in Gaza in poverty while the Hamas members fills their pockets with money from well-intended donations. Hamas 
purposely puts their own people in harm's way because they don't care about human life. They use innocent civilians as human shields. They shoot rockets from rooftop of civilian buildings. They prevent their people from leaving the area of conflict. And worst of all, and this is the most painful, is that they indoctrinate all the children to grow up, to want to hate and to murder innocent people. And this is why we have a biblical commandment to wipe them off the map. Now, we do not want to hurt or God forbid kill any innocent people in Gaza, the people who don't subscribe to this viewpoint, the people who fear and love God. But we need to remove the Amalek from their midst and give Gazans an opportunity for a better future. So I'm asking all of you, please share this information with everyone you know. Call your political representatives, your newspaper, your religious leaders. Tell them that you stand with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that you support Israel in fighting and hopefully, finally, getting rid of the Amalek nation of Hamas and their supporters.